a second reading from the book of the Revelation of John in the third chapter, beginning in the 14th verse. Listen, God's Word. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. To the one who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. The one who has ears, Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me please? O Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations, the thoughts of our hearts be found acceptable and pleasing and life-giving. You are our rock. You are our Redeemer. We pray in Your name. Amen. Once upon a time, there was a family of bears. There was a daddy bear, a mama bear, and a baby bear. Mama bear had cooked some porridge, and it had just come off the stove, and it was very hot. And so they decided to let it cool, and they went for a walk in the woods. Lo and behold, there was somebody else going for a walk in the woods that evening, and her name was Goldilocks, and she had beautiful golden hair. Goldilocks was walking in the woods, and she saw the bear's house, and it looked rather beautiful to her. She went to the front door and knocked on the door, and no one answered, so she went right inside. There on the kitchen table were three bowls of porridge, a big bowl, a medium-sized bowl, and a little bowl. She went over to the big bowl, And she took a little taste and said, oh, it's too hot. And then she went to the medium-sized bowl and she took a taste. She said, oh, this is too cold. And then she went to the little bowl and she took a bite and she said, this is just right. And she ate it all up. And she looked over by the fireplace and there were three chairs And so she was feeling a little sleepy from her porridge, so she went over and climbed up in the big tall chair, and it was way too high. And so she went over to the lower chair, 
and she climbed in, but it was too low. And so she went to the littlest chair, and she sat down and said, this one is just right. And then the legs broke off of it. She was startled and looked around and saw some stairs. So she decided to climb the stairs, and there she saw three beds, a big bed, a medium-sized bed, and a little bed. And so she went to the big bed, and she climbed in, and it was way too hard. So she climbed down and got in the medium-sized bed, but it was way too soft. So she climbed into the littlest bed, and it was just right. And so she fell fast asleep. You've heard that story. And you know how it ends. And we like things just right. I like my bath water just right. Not too hot, not too cold. I like my sweet tea just right. So that means I have to mix it a little half and half with some lemon. I like the climate in the house when I'm ready to sleep to be just right. Not too warm, not too cool. We like our comfort. We like our comfort in our homes, in our clothing, in our schools. We like comfort in the town in which we live. We like comfort in the church in which we find ourselves. We want everything just right. And so when we find things are just right, we say, leave me alone. Don't bother me with that. I'm I'm comfortably ignorant, thank you. I have it just like I like it. But there's danger, my friends, in having it just right. Just right may sound good, it may look good, it may even feel good, but just right just might kill you. The truth is, is that Christianity, being a follower of Jesus Christ, is not a fairy tale. It's not a Goldilocks faith. It's not a lukewarm proposition. It's not a middle-of-the-road kind of journey. It's not a don't-rock-the-boat idea. It's not a let's-keep-it-all-comfortable mindset. Christian faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ, following a crucified and risen Savior, is not fifty shades of gray. Rather, The Christian faith is light and dark. Life and death. The way and not the way. It's all or it's nothing. The Christian faith is anything but indifferent. In the Christian faith, it is impossible to be neutral it is not milk toast. It is not lukewarm what our Savior is calling us to do and to be. 
Out of all of the churches that are mentioned in the book of the Revelation, the church in Laodicea is the only one about which there was nothing positive said. Why? Because it was not too hot, not too cold. It was just right. And the risen Christ said to the church, because of your neutrality, because of your indifference, because of your self-satisfied state, because of your comfortable position, because of your tepid existence, you turn my stomach and I want to spew you out of my mouth. What was going on in Laodicea? What was it that was happening that would turn God's stomach? Well, we know three things about Laodicea. And as I reveal these things to you, would you please see if these things strike you like they struck me about a particular town of which we are all very aware? Number one, Laodicea was known for its clothing, its manufacturing, and textiles. And Laodicea does not recognize its nakedness. Number two, Laodicea was famous for its medical center that served a large region and produced a very potent salve for the eyes. Yet Laodicea was spiritually blind. And number three, Laodicea was a wealthy banking center. So wealthy, it didn't think that it needed God. Laodicea had become too comfortable, self-satisfied, and it was killing them. Here I have a couple of questions for us to consider as we hear these stories. As we think of ourselves as a church and as individuals, are we as a church too comfortable? Is everything in the church just right? Am I as a Christian too complacent, indifferent about my faith? Am I a comfortable Christian? My friends, here we are at the season of Lent that begins on this night, and it's a season for us to ask and explore deeply such corporate and personal questions. We are called in this season to examine our faith, to deepen our walk, to heighten our commitment to Jesus, who committed His all for us and gave His life on the cross. Lent is a season in which we are called to wake up. And far too many of us are sleepwalking through life. A life that is just right, which is really, in essence, all wrong. You know, the fact of the matter is, we need stress in our lives. Not too much, but we need stress. Without stress, the life that we seek to live is killing us. 
there was an experiment that was done in a famous laboratory. And the scientists sought to to produce the exact perfect conditions to grow these certain organisms. And as as their test field, they had petri dishes that were stressed with temperature and and other types of composition. And then they tried to establish the perfect environment for those organisms to grow and to thrive. And do you know what they found out? In the perfect environment of temperature and pH and all the rest, do you know what happened to the organisms in that petri dish? They died. And what the scientists found out is the perfect environment is one that has challenge, that offers some stress, that causes growth and life, and the same is true for us. And Lent introduces stress for us. Lent says commit for 40 days. The risen Lord, the Spirit of of the living God, is saying, don't just coast to Easter. Don't be neutral. Do something. Be something. Say something. Go deeper in your prayer life. Adopt a discipline of reading Scripture. Practice some kind of a sacrificial act of fasting or some other giving up in your life. In essence, the living God is saying, be in relationship with Me. I was talking with someone the other day who said, I have a friend... And you know, I really, really like her, but she drives me crazy. Whenever I ask her something, she says, whatever. Do you want to go do this? I don't care. How about if we go to Zaxby's? That's fine. Do you want to go work out or do you want to go to the mall? You choose. And she said, I want to scream. That's no relationship. A true relationship involves a give and take. It's alive. Yes, it has understanding, but it also has challenge. It has stresses. And yes, it has grace and forgiveness and love in it, but it also has love which is tough and demanding and an honesty that is true. Relationship is where there is some stress, but it also is where there is growth and change and life. And that is true for us as individuals. It's true for us as a church. And Jesus is saying to you tonight, I want to be in a relationship with you. A relationship that offers life that is truly life. For without it, without challenge and stress, in any relationship that is too comfortable with its secret sins, too comfortable with its affluence and wealth, too comfortable in its pride, its arrogance, its ignorance, its laziness, superiority, its not knowing. Too comfortable in its church building. Too comfortable in its circle of friends, in its musical choices, in its biblical knowledge and understanding. Too comfortable in agreement with the culture. Too comfortable in acquiescence to worldly pleasures. None of that is life. So let me ask you tonight, where is the Spirit of God speaking to us as a church? Where is the Spirit speaking to you in your life and relationship with Him? 
Where might you be too comfortable or self-satisfied? Where is the Spirit speaking to you, rousing you, saying to you, heat up, get up, catch fire, move, live, serve, pray, love. Brothers and sisters, this is not a fairy tale. This is not about finding the just right in a Goldilocks faith. Friends, the Christian faith is not fifty shades of gray. It's about being hot or cold. It's about light and dark. About death and life and life that is truly life. It's about a relationship with the Savior. And tonight, Jesus Christ is knocking on the door of your heart. And tonight, at the beginning of this journey, you are asked to open to Him. The journey starts right here. It starts here at the cross, where we remember Jesus' death, His resurrection, and His life. Because we are people of the cross. Did you know that's what those 21 martyrs were called who were beheaded in Libya? Those Egyptian Christians? They labeled them as people of the cross. And they were willing to die for what they believed in. It's not a fairy tale. And tonight the Spirit is asking you, will you open the door of your heart? Will you come to the cross? And so you're invited tonight on the little pieces of purple notepaper that we've given to you to write your prayers, to write a prayer of confession, to write a prayer of intercession. And this is for you. This is not for anybody else. This is for you. To say, Lord, I confess whatever it is. And Lord, help me whatever it is. And when you have finished writing your note, nail it here at the cross. And then come to one of the three stations for the ashes. And remember your mortality. Come in penitence and awe at God's grace that is offered there and receive the sign of the cross because we are people of the cross. And it is here that we receive God's grace that is for each one of us. And it is by God's grace that we will continue our journey all the way to Easter and beyond. Amen and amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is not about our comfort. It's about His crucifixion. Children of God, it is not about our leisure. It is about His life in all of its resurrected glory. 
And he's knocking on the door and he's saying, come. Let me in. Let's go on a journey together. It's only 40 days. I'll be with you all the way. Enter into the refining fire of my love. Let it burn away the impurities in your life and turn those things to dust so that you may be refined like precious gold. For you are mine and you are precious to me. So precious children of God, respond. Enter into that relationship or deepen it in these days to come. There's a resurrection that awaits us. And oh, how glorious that morning will be. Between now and then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of His face to shine upon you and your path and give you peace. And all God's children, peace today and forevermore. And let the children of God say, Amen.